You're listening to the Sasquatch Trail Runners Podcast, where every run is a trail party. I'm your host, Kim Levinsky, and today's episode is the recording from our Facebook Live interview series on Wednesday, December 22nd, 2021. We sat down with Art Byram to chat all things trail and ultra running. Art is the host of the Cultra Trail Running Podcast and the mastermind behind the Connecticut Ultra Traverse 112 Fat Ass event. So sit back and relax or go out and hit the trails and enjoy the show. Okay. All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Sasquatch Trail Runners Run Venture Facebook Live series. My name is Kim Levinsky. I'm the owner and race director for Sasquatch Trail Runners in New Jersey and New York. And tonight, we're going to be talking all things with Art Byram. I'm not sure where the interview is going to go, but I think it's going to be a really, really squatch-tastic time tonight. Uh, Before we jump into the interview, I'm going to share a few updates on what's happening in the wonderful world of Sasquatch trail running. So first of all, thank you to everybody who came out to our trail party this past Saturday night, the Squatchyanda full moon ugly sweater trail race at Weiweyanda State Park every year. Every year we have that race. There's always a crazy weather pattern. So that's exactly what happened on Saturday night. Uh, We had low temps in the low 40s and uh, a bit of a driving rain going on all night, but that didn't slow anybody down. We had uh, soaking wet, ugly sweaters, and uh, everybody had a great, great, great time. So thank you for coming out. We were able to support our charity partner, Bigger Than the Trail, with that trail party, and we made a $500 donation to them. If you haven't heard about them, really encourage you to check them out, Bigger Than the Trail. Just Google them. Uh, They use trail running as a platform to advocate for mental health. So they provide no-cost therapy with a licensed therapist through their website, and that's paid through fundraising efforts like we do and other folks around the country. So it's a really, really neat organization to get involved with. Um, I do want to share one thing about the race. This is kind of a PSA. I know the people who are watching and listening probably don't need to hear this, but you can pass this on perhaps to your uh, non-trail friends. On Saturday, we had a lot of vandalism on the course with our course markers. Uh, So we had gone out on Friday to put up the markers with the arrows and everything, reflective tape, the arrows with the reflective ribbon. And then we have a volunteer who goes out on Saturday night to check the course before the race starts. And I got a phone call from our volunteer saying that the, uh, the, the race course was supposed to make a left and the arrows were turned right. And then someone had taken the trail ribbons off of the trees and moved them to the right. So if we hadn't had a volunteer out there, uh, it would have been really bad situation. We would have had runners going the wrong way on the course. It was night, it was foggy, it was raining. Um, way way is a little bit remote as well. Um, and we, we were also told by that volunteer that someone had taken course markers at another point in the course and just taken them off the trail and put them into the woods. Like they walked them out into the middle of the woods. Again, I know, you know, you guys watching and listening, you, you know, this, like, you know, this is not an okay thing to do. It's, it's actually very dangerous to happen during a trail race, especially a night event. Um, so it's just a PSA, pass it on. You know, if you're ever out there and you see something like that happening, speak up and try to figure out what's going on uh, because you could really uh, you could save an entire race like our volunteers did. So shout out to Lizzie, Lizzie Mack and her dad who saved the race. They volunteered on Saturday night and let us know what was going on with the course. Um, Okay. Moving on uh, announcements for next year. It's insane, right? We're like getting into 2022 in just uh, a few days here. So our first event is January 22nd, the Frosty Fat Sass. This is the 
Sasquad OG event. This is the race that we started out with in 2018, which means that this is our five year Squatchiversary, which is very exciting. So it's going to be a really fun uh, historic day at South Mountain Reservation. That race, we've got a 5K, which you do three loops. Um, I'm sorry, one loop on the 5K course. And then we have a three hour race and a six hour race. So you can run as many loops as you want for three hours or six hours or just do one for the 5K. Um, and we raise funds for our partner, South Mountain Conservancy. And to date, we've raised about $10,000 for them. They maintain those trails at the South Mountain Reservation. So check that out. That's on ultrasignup.com. And then looking ahead to February, I'm gonna flip my calendar. We've got February 12th is our Squatchy Onesie Fest. This is back again by popular demand. Uh, this is a wild, wild trail party. So we call it the Squatchy Onesie Fest 5K Marathon. So it's a 5K course over at the Ramapo Reservation in Mawa, New Jersey. And everybody wears a onesie. Like, everybody wears a onesie. <laughs> so you're going to show up. And <laughs> adults have got, like, giraffe onesies and uh superman and i mean everything you can imagine last year we had uh two women who had the the, the very large inflatable pig uh they, i guess it's technically it technically was a onesie but it was like an inflatable suit which was pretty fun to see um and all ages all ages come out we've got uh little kids that come and run and hike all the way up to uh last year we had our um our friend arch who is, I think he's 86. He, he's come out for a couple of our events, which is really fun. So that's a really fun race. We raised funds for the, the uh, New York, New Jersey Trail Conference in uh, February. It's over in Mawa. And then we actually go back to the Rampo Reservation in March for our single squatch event that happened on March 12th. And that's a five and a half mile. Of course, you can do once or you can do it twice to hit 11 miles. So I'm going to stop there. We've got a lot of events going on. Uh, every month we've got something going. Uh, April, we're getting back to South Mountain for the Squatch Apple. And then um, I'll do a little a little, little sneak peek preview here. We, we are looking really good for adding a race in New York in May. And this will be at Bear Mountain. So this is really, really exciting. It's something we've been working on for um, a couple of years. We're, we're teaming up with the trail conference and the permitting process is looking really, really positive. We have the verbals that it's going to go through. We're just waiting for the official, the official okay to open up registration. We're not going to open it up until we have that in writing. So look for that sometime in January. That's when they're going to make the final call. But we're really excited. If you've been around the trail scene, you know that that was a really big event. Um, hosted by another race company and they've been gone for a little bit. So we're looking to bring it back and make it just really squatch-tastic. So stay tuned for that. We've got uh, the registration page is on Ultra Sign Up. If you want a little sneak peek of what it is, it's just not open yet. So you can check that out. Um, it's called the Big Bear Squatch North. So we've got a North race uh, in Northern Harriman, uh, Bear Mountain State Park. And then South is in October. That's the event that we had last year for the half marathon. But okay, I'm talking too much. I'm getting all into the squatchy calendar here. But you can check out the rest of our events on sasquatchtrailrunning.com. And we're always active on Facebook, Instagram. Check that out. But uh, okay, the reason you're all here is Art Byram, my man, Art. He's on the screen with me tonight. Um, I had the pleasure of getting on his podcast. Um, I don't know when it was, you know, 2020, 2021 is kind of molded together. So it was sometime in the last year or so they invited me on the culture podcast. If you haven't checked that out, check that out. The podcast is so much fun. Um, it's just a really 
goofy group of characters that are the hosts of that podcast. And we're going to hear the whole, I'm excited to hear the backstory of how that podcast got off the ground. Um, but Art is the host of that. It's called the Culture Podcast. Uh, Art is a very seasoned trail and ultra runner, uh, notably one of his uh favorite events that he's completed is the Cut 112, which is also a really cool event. Check that out online. Um, I'm going to read the little bio from the Culture Podcast website. So it is a weekly podcast that shares the unique perspectives of the Northeast Beast Coast ultra running scene. Raw and impulsive and reverent, the Culture Trail Running Podcast is a place where we can get together and discuss all the fun things that happen on the trails that most people don't care about. Join the cult, or maybe you already have without realizing. Resistance is futile. So check out the site. It's culturetrailrunning.libsyn.com. Art. All right. <laughs> Very good. Kim, that was great. I just said a new PR. That's the longest I've ever been quiet in front of a microphone. <laughs> She's Were like, you getting ready to ring your bell to cut nope, me off? I, no, nobody would believe that. You know, nobody from <laughs> uh, none of the culture crew would possibly believe that. So, uh, hey, thanks for having me today. Dude, I'm so excited you're on. Oh, my goodness. I, I had a blast when I was on the, the podcast with you guys. I, I'm trying to figure out when that was. Do you remember how long I, that was? I just I can never even remember what episode we're on. So okay. that's like an ongoing <laughs> joke is that like before we start, it's like, you know, we always have to check and see what episode we're on. So I, I think it was probably, it might've been a year ago. I'm going to guess, I'm going to throw a yeah. year at it. You know, something, it seems, seems like it was a year ago. That sounds it about seems like it was yesterday. So I know it does. And we, we only recently met in person at the May Apple trail race. Uh, that was in October this year. Right. So we, yeah, just, met, yeah. we just met a couple months ago when you were running that. Yep. Yep. That was uh that was a lot of fun. That was good to get back to, um, you know, good, good to get back to New Jersey and uh, back to South Mountain again. So um, we just got, we got to get you to a Squatch event. That's what we got to get you. That's what I'm hearing. That's what I'm hearing. So, yeah, it's always fun to, I mean, you know, I, obviously I go on your page and kind of interact with some of your people and uh, listen to you guys. And it's, um, it's a great thing what you have going in New Jersey and uh, you know, it's, it's, it's really cool because you're always talking about all the places that I know, you know, you just right. talked about Wawayanda. I used to camp there um, probably three times, I think three times a year, at least three or four times a year uh, with my friends. It was before I ran, I'd go mountain biking there. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. And it's funny. You're talking about trail markers and getting lost. I have, I got so fucked up one day there. It was just, um, <laughs> I like, so you have to picture this, like, I'm not like the, the master of the woods that I am now, you know, like I've been lost more times and, and all that shit. So I woke up early and uh, got myself a cup of coffee and then figured, oh, I'm just going to go for a little walk. So here I am in like, you know, I got like sweatpants on and a t-shirt oh, yeah. and, you know, and a cup of coffee and I'm walking out into the woods and, you know, in the group campsite at Weiwayanda and I, I head up there and um, then I'm like, you know what? oh, there's another trail that comes in on the other side of the campsite. So I bet if I go up this trail and make a left and then just make another left, I'll go around the block. Uh -uh. <laughs> and, and this, the craziest thing happened is that somehow I got on and I, I don't, I really don't know the trails there that well, but I got on some connector trail that got me into another whole a completely different trail system. And uh, I hit another lake. And then I thought that that was like the, Lake Waiwayanda, where I used to, yeah. you know, I'd go windsurfing there. And 
so I start walking around it thinking that I'm at the other side of the lake. And then all of a sudden I'm looking at it. I'm like, oh, this isn't it, you know? So long story, <laughs> you know, short, I, it probably took me, I think I was lost for like probably six hours in the woods that day. You were you know. that guy. You were oh that my guy. God. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was, you know, and this story goes on and on. There's always drama, you know, it always got a lot of drama out there. So, but um, that, you know, that was one of the, you know, longer times that I got lost, uh, you know, just, just walking though. I wasn't a runner. If I had run, who knows? I, you know, who knows where I would have ended up. So you could have, you probably would have gotten more lost if you're running. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I didn't know, you know, I didn't know I grew up in the woods, but I didn't know like trails and hiking. Like I knew how to follow it. I can follow a deer trail. I can follow a, um, you know, something through the woods and just, you know, I just kind of bushwhacked. I thought that's kind of what you did, but the idea of like trails having blazes, I didn't understand even what was going on. They had three blazers and two blazes and yeah. you know, different colors. And I didn't know what was going on. So, you know, shoot. I know, you know, I, I've talked with um, park police up there. Every time we have a race, I'll usually chat with them and they always are telling stories about families that just go out and they don't, you know, they think like, oh, the trail just goes around the lake. And then, you know, hours yeah. later they're calling and there's a cell service. It's just, it's not good. Yeah. Yeah. And plus there's a lot of, uh, did you have bears at your event or no? Not this year. No, it, it has yeah. happened. I don't know if we've had it actually during the race, but I've been marking the trail before and there's been a bear. So I've had to like wait for the bear to get off. Sure. The that, that's definitely bear country up there at Wayweanda. Oh, they used to just demolish our campsites every almost really? every, you know, all the time they would just come in and, um, you know, one time sitting there, a bear walked into the campsite very calmly. Uh, we had a bag on the table. He just reached into the bag with his paws and he pulled out a <laughs> box of fruit loops and then walked back into the woods. Hey, he wanted the fruit loops, man. <laughs> oh, he did. Yeah. He got those and he, he was good to go. So shoot. I love that place. So it's, it's gorgeous. And it, there's so many, there's so many, uh, <laughs> awesome trails that are around. I mean, Greenwood Lake area, Abram mm. Hewitt, there's so many great, great trails up there. Um, but, uh, all right, let's, we gotta, we gotta talk about you. I want to hear your running story, how you got, uh, how you got involved in this wacky world of trail and ultra. And you, you know, you can make that as long or as short as you want and we'll springboard from there and hopefully get to the culture podcast at some point, but let's hear yeah. your, your, your running story. Okay. Um, so, and, and you got to cut me off if I get too, uh, if I, if I go into I'll, down I'll too much of down. a rabbit hole here. So, okay. I'll, I'll so I, I was, uh, born at Riverside hospital in uh, Booton township, uh, New Jersey. So that was part of, um, I guess now it's St. Clair's, uh, but at that time it was Booton township, um, you know, Riverside hospital is what uh -huh. it was. Um, and I grew up in Booton township. Uh, that's when, um, you know, it's a rural community. Um, you know, right by people, I guess you guys probably run split rock, right? So, yeah, yep. um, as a kid, my dad was very much into the woods. So we would, um, you know, he would go, uh, deer hunting, or we would just go hiking, bottle hunting. Um, you know, we'd go up to these cliffs up in Rockaway, I think by kind of where powder mill, I think is where it is, but there were just, I think they demolished it all, but there were these huge caves and we would go up there as kids and, 
Uh, so I spent a lot of time in the woods with, um, with my family. You know, we would, uh-huh. we would go out and do that. Uh, Split Rock, nobody was, you weren't allowed to go there um, because it was, a, and I don't know that, I haven't been back there in years, but um, when I used to go there, you weren't allowed back there. The game warden used to kick us out. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, yeah. You couldn't drive. Um, you weren't supposed to be back there at all. We would always go back there and drink beer. Okay. Um, but, uh, and, and hang out. I'd go out there with my, you know, with my dad and we'd go fishing there. Uh, but, you know, if the game warden caught you, it wasn't, it wasn't good. So, um, so I spent a lot of time in, in the woods there. Uh, also up at the Torn, you know, I would go up. In, oh uh, yeah. I was just there the other day. Oh, were you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's a, that's another great place. That was, um, you know, I think we would take like school trips there um, and, you know, little picnics and things like that. My parents, you know, my mom would take me up there and stuff. So, you know, I, I enjoyed the woods a lot. Um, and then uh, um, let's see running like, I was into sports as a, as a young kid, you know, I think up until, let's see, I think fifth grade I joined, um, or yeah, was it fifth grade? Sixth, yeah, maybe fifth or sixth grade. I joined, um, cross country. Mm-hmm. So I joined the cross country team and basically have been a professional. I was on the professional fast track from that point forward, uh, and never stopped running. Okay. Um, not the truth at all. That's not <laughs> how it happened. Um, so I basically, I, I ran for one year there. I had a very, um, my coach, uh, Mr. Bree, um, taught us a lot about running. Um, I was horrible at it. Um, and I was mid-pack if I was really lucky, most of the time back of the pack. Um, just lots of drama. I'd have like stitches in my, you know, in my chest and, oh, and all this stuff. And I just, I don't know. I, I, I liked it, but I just don't think... Um, I don't know. I, I don't really know what happened with that. I think somehow one of my friends convinced me to uh, play soccer, you know, to go play soccer, which was kind of a, a new thing, um, you know, a newer thing, not like it is now where everybody's playing soccer, but, you know, um, so I started playing soccer and um, as bad as I was at running, I was even worse at soccer. I sucked. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, um, but I still played and I had a good time. I did score a goal. Um, so I was a fullback. So unfortunately it went off the top of my head and into our own goal, but legendary. You know, yeah. You know, that, that kind of shit happened to me all the time. So, um, but I, I, you know, I still enjoyed most of it. Wasn't like um, organized sports. It was more like, just let's, you know, play football in the backyard. Let's play wiffle ball all day. Uh, right. Let's play baseball all day. And um you know, I didn't, I didn't play so much organized stuff. I did play, actually, I did play um, little league baseball. And actually that was where I kind of enjoyed some success. I was a, I was a, I have to, you know, paddle my own uh, douche canoe here. Okay. I was, I was, I was a pretty good baseball player. I was actually, I was very good as a kid, you know, and um, was on the all-star team or excuse me, I wasn't on the all-star team my team won the championship uh, the last year I was on it. I pitched the winning game and then it came time for the all-star game or the all-star team where they were going to put that together. And uh, the coach for our team put his two fat sons on the team on the all-star team and, and not me, even though I had a better batting average and all this stuff. And so I was uh, really turned off to sports at that point. And um, 
you know, said, okay, if that's how it's, you know, if that's how it's played where, you know, you can do the right thing, be successful and still, um, you know, still get screwed over. I just didn't want any part of it. So I, I think from that point, it was actually 1976 <laughs> was when I did this. <laughs> I, I stopped professional sports at that or not professional, professional little league. <laughs> I stopped that right at that point and I was done, you know, and it, and it was really, um, you know, it was kind of un, unfortunate. So um, other things uh, I also, my family, you know, I kind of made it sound like everything was kind of great there. Um, it was, it was far from great though. My father was uh, active alcoholic. Um, it was a very uh, troubled household. Uh, you know, we grew up um, on a farm, so we kind of did everything. Um, you know, we we learned a lot, but it was also like life at home was pretty. It was pretty screwy, you know. Yeah. So, um, so I think that uh, when yeah, so after that, I stopped. I stopped sports and basically started drinking myself. You know, so um, you know, I started drinking early you know, very early too. actually, you know, like ridiculous ages, like 10 years old, I was drinking. Mm. So, um, did a lot of that stuff and, uh, really didn't play any sports through high school or anything like that. Um, and then, uh, when, you know, basically got into, uh, alcohol and drugs, pretty, you know, pretty heavy duty, um, you know, bad enough that, uh, um, you know, things, things were bad, you know, let's just, you know, we can leave it at that. It was, um, it, it was bad. I felt bad about myself. I felt, felt bad about my life. Um, I was, I felt like I was a smart kid in school, but just couldn't quite, um, get it together. My grades sucked. Um, I didn't like apply, you know, I was ADHD. Um, so I was constantly getting yelled at for like everything you can imagine. So, um, very, uh, you know, it was, it was traumatic. My parents got divorced and then just like, so a bunch of, a bunch of stuff happened. You had a lot you going know. on. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It was, um, you know, it's, it's really weird because a lot of it, you know, I can look back and some of it was just so fantastic, you know, the time spent outdoors and some of that, but then like some of the dysfunction that was going on was also just completely screwy. So, um, and then, uh, I guess when I was, um, when I was 18, um, I basically hit my bottom. I, I started out with such a, um, you know, I went at, at it so hard that, um, I was fortunate enough at 18 to, um, one of my good friends, um, got killed, uh, who was sober, you know, he had been somebody I used to drink with, he got sober. And then, um, uh, I, um, it kind of let me know that if I didn't get my life together now, um, you know, I had always thought that, you know what, I'm just going to probably wrap my, you know, something bad's going to happen to me, you know, like I'm not going to have like a long and prosperous life. Um, but on the other hand, I didn't want to, um, I didn't want to die like a loser and, and all that stuff. Mm. Um, but I felt like, uh, that there was still time because I was still young and that, you know, I could turn it around and, and that someday I was going to do that, you know, so, but I didn't want to die like that. Um, then when my friend who was sober died, it kind of made me realize that um, you can have your shit together and still have bad things happen to you. Mm. So um, once that, 
that happened, it told me, you know, I just, I had um, that spiritual awakening and realized that right now I had to, um, I had to, you know, I, I had to do something about it. So mm-hmm. um, I stopped drinking and smoking pot and every, everything uh, when I was, was 18. At eight, 18. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. So almost uh, coming up this June, it'll be uh, 40 years. Wow. So, um, you know, so it's, uh, um, you know, and, and at that point I was just like such an ang. I was so angry, like as an 18, 19 year old, I was just like, um, I, I was a really angry person, <laughs> you know? Um, but, uh, then, you know, I worked to start to get my life together, you know? Um, and, uh, kind of, um, I don't know, kind of decided that I didn't need to go to school. You know, I didn't, or I didn't, I graduated high school, but, um, I had really no guidance as far as like, um, I don't know if my parents ever mentioned college, <laughs> you know, yeah. so it wasn't anything. My dad, my dad was, um, you know, very, and at this point I should also mention, um, a couple of years, probably when I was 16, my father stopped drinking. So, which was nice. So he got his life together and was kind of a good example, uh, of, of this. Um, but, um, you know, then, uh, I figured that I didn't need to go to school or anything like that. And, um, that I could read a book and do whatever I wanted, ended up going to school later on in life. But, um, I guess you asked me about my running, right? <laughs> I haven't mentioned it. No, my goodness. It. Keep going. It's <laughs> an incredible story. All right. I'm, I'm thank you okay. for sharing it. But it kind of gives you a little bit of the background just to yeah. where I was coming from as a kid, you know? So, um, when I was in, and I'll, I'll um, I guess when I was in my young twenties, I was working on myself, um, trying to get, uh, myself together mentally and spiritually mm-hmm. and, um, you know, just, just basically trying to get my shit together. Mm-hmm. And, um, I worked very, very hard at it. I gotta say, um, uh, you know, just self-examination and, uh, took some deep dives, uh, worked a lot of programs and things like that. And, um, got better, you know, I, I, you know, I got into recovery basically, you know, which is an ongoing, definitely an ongoing process, which I'm still in that process today. Mm. Um, But now once that happened, so as a senior in high school, they had a physical fitness test and you're supposed to do as many pushups as you can do in like 20, you know, uh, like, or I'm sorry, in like um, in two minutes or something like that. I think I could do 20 push-ups and I was like falling over and it was like it about killed me and like just like the teacher was just 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 like looked at me with disdain like oh this is just just disgusting this is just you know I had long long hair like Robert Plant and um did you really oh yeah I did we gotta get a picture of that it it can I that yeah (laughs) That's out there. I don't know if that's released. I don't even know if the culture has seen that yet. So, oh, all be, right. We're going to have to get uh, someone on the case. <laughs> that's worth something there. So, um, I, I guess uh, one, one thing to mention on this, though, is that when I was in high school, um, we had the mile run. Mm. And um, I went running then and, you know, during gym class. And I kind of was digging it, you know. And I was like, oh, yeah. I can do this. Maybe, maybe sports aren't so bad. Maybe I'll join, you know, cause the, the, I forget it was a track coach or the cross country coach. Um, 
I, and I forget what happened in gym class, whatever. I think I was probably the only one who was actually trying a little bit for that okay. uh-huh. for whatever reason. So um, he came and talked to me about, you know, Hey, why don't you come and run? And, but you know, this was again, before I was 18. So I was like, Oh, then they're going to make me cut my hair and I got to stop smoking <laughs> dope and cigarettes and, yeah. and all this shit. So I, I didn't want to do that, but I did get a, I, I did have a sense that I like to run there. So, mm-hmm. um, but again, so I abandoned that. And um, then uh, I guess like what happened? I went, I decided finally to go back to school. So I went to NYU and to Rutgers at night. Uh, I started working in Manhattan uh, for a company called Kone. They were an elevator company, an escalator company. So I went to work for them as a salesperson and uh, went to school at night um, and then um, got married and, uh, and just like started to put on weight. And um, next thing you know, I was 38. And uh, so then I was 38. I felt like I was spiritually um, recovering and mentally recovering. And then I felt like I had um, invested the time in myself to get a degree. So I felt like I kind of had like those two things. I was pretty solid with that. Like I was a, I was a straight A student in college. Um, you know, it did, did very well. It was like, I just loved it. Yeah. But I was like a slob. I was like, just, I was like, I, I was like a heart attack waiting to happen, you know? Uh, maybe not. That's a, that's a, slight exaggeration. I was going to be a heart attack waiting to happen. I wasn't feeling good about That's myself. Path you were on, it sounds yeah. Like. like back in the day in, in my young twenties, when I was at way, way I was lifting weights a little bit and I was, you know, just to be able to windsurf, you know, um, and stuff like that. So I felt good about myself physically then, but, uh, at this point in my life, in, when I was 38, I didn't. So, uh, I wrote my last paper, uh, and I had transferred from NYU to Rutgers um, so I wrote my last paper, handed it in, and then uh, that afternoon um, went for a run in, uh, I think it was Verona Park. So All right. Hey, it's around the Verona block. Park there. Yeah. So I went there and um, and uh, started, you know, started running there. And that was, um, you know, just, I, I ran just, you know, just a little bit and it's, it sucked. You know, I went like, I don't know, like two, two miles or something like that. And, um, you know, oh, I, I, one thing I should mention, I think I did run a little bit in between like one winter break. I mm-hmm. think I ran. So I put on a heavy duty, like my running, you know, how people are inspired by, uh, Dean Carnazes and, oh, yeah. uh, you know, uh-huh. and, and, and some other people. So my inspiration was Rocky Balboa. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So like the idea of like throwing on a heavy bunch of sweats and a hoodie and yeah. stuff like that. And, and, you know, there's a few just, stairs at Verona park. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, Rocky was like my inspiration. So I went and I, um, started to run. I was at this point, I think I was living in Belleville for a little bit Okay. and, uh, went over to the high school, which was a cinder track. <laughs> oh yeah. 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 And, uh, ran on the track there. So, you know, and, ran for a little bit and then tried, I decided like, I got to see, I want to run a 10 K because somehow I, I guess I kind of forgot about this, but at some point I had, um, a friend of mine was going to run the cherry blossom race 
and um, I guess that's is that in it's in uh, uh, Newark. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Brookdale, uh, I think Brookdale Park. Right? Yeah, or not not Brookdale or, Park. Uh, the other one over by Seton Hall. By Seton Hall, I think it is, or something like yeah. that. I don't know. I I'm probably blanking got it on wrong. the name, but I know exactly where it's at. Yeah. Yeah. And so I took his bib because uh, he was he was injured, and I ran with his bib, and I don't know. I finished the 10k in over an hour or something like that. I had like two weeks training at the time, so. Mm -hmm. Um, <laughs> I later on bumped into him, uh, at the New York marathon as he finished it. And that was before I was running. And, uh, that was another inspiration. I was like, Oh, George is here running. I can, mm -hmm. you know, George Burroughs. I don't know if he's still in the running community. So if he's out there, Hey, George, George, George <laughs> you're out there, let us know. <laughs> <laughs> Drop me a line. <laughs> um, so I don't know. So I, um, Really, the, I mean, this, I consider really when I started, when I really started running, I dabbled in it, I guess, a little bit here and there, you know, like I'd have a girlfriend who would run or something like that. And somehow they would drag me out and, you know, the whole thing. But um, that in uh, 2002 is when I finished uh, that last paper and went for that first run, May, May 20th. I kind of remember that for some reason. Um, and just uh, wrote down every run that I did. Um, you know, I was living in... Uh, I guess at that point I was living in North Caldwell and uh, ran a little bit each, you know, each day because I figured if I skipped the day, I'd be in trouble and, um, you know, built it up and just uh, got injured and then built it up and got injured. And, you know, I had, I was just all fucked up. I would try every bad thing, you know, like I was convinced no pain, no gain. Oh, so, yeah. you know, if I felt any injury, I would try to squelch it by putting the hammer down and going faster mm -hmm. and you know and then wonder why you know my knees were shot and everything so <laughs> um it took me a long time and you know every my dad was telling me you know maybe god's trying to tell you something maybe you're not a runner you know oh. is what he told me so <laughs> i don't know um but uh i started um in north caldwell started running with uh I guess things changed when I started running with uh, Essex Running Club. Yeah. Those guys there. Good people um, over there. Yeah. Judy Brown and Dr. Bob something. It's been years and years. So, uh -huh. um, and uh, hooked up with them. Yeah. I went over to Grove Pharmacy in Montclair and ran from there. And mm -hmm. then all of a sudden I really started to get it. Um, but then I, I, uh, I guess I went out and I ran, um, you know, ran a couple fives, five Ks, you know, Verona Park again. And, um, you know, the Labor Day Classic there was a great one, you know, did that and um, went out and ran, uh, signed up for my first half marathon. Um, I wanted to run the marathon right away, you know, of course, but um, decided to wait a year, mm -hmm. uh, but signed up for... Um, was it Liberty uh, over at uh, Jersey City? Ran the Liberty Half Marathon there. I don't know. If oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it? Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it's still around, but by Liberty State Park, you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. Yeah. And that was great. I mean, I I was so again I didn't know anything, and um, I remember just dying because I was it was I was just it was hot. Yeah. And so I thought like one time I went to grab water and somebody else grabbed it before me, so I thought 
you know, there's etiquette there. So I was like, okay, I guess you need to reserve these things or something like that. So I'm running up to the water station, you know, or I guess they call them water stations, aid station. And, um, and I see somebody, so I point to him and I say, you, and then I point to me and I said, you're getting me. So I go up and I go to grab the water and he takes it and he throws it in my face. <laughs> like, I guess he thought that I wanted it thrown at me. So I was like, what the fuck is this? So yeah, so, um, so then I just started, um, you know, I, I moved to, then I moved to Connecticut. So I moved away from there. Um, and having run with, uh, Essex running club, I knew that, you know, running clubs were the way to go for me. Yeah. Um, so I found people over at Silk City Striders in Manchester, Connecticut. Um, it's where they have the Manchester road race. You guys okay. might've heard of. So uh-huh. big, you know, one of the nation's biggest, uh, turkey trots and, um, you know, most competitive ones. So, um, started running with them and, uh, a little bit with Hartford Track Club, and I was a roadie. You know, I was pretty yeah. much a pure roadie at that point. You know, I had done a little bit before my running. I did some mountain biking. You know, okay. so that's where I got to see a lot of the trails. Most of the trails in New Jersey, I didn't trail run. I hit them on a mountain bike before it was illegal. You know, mm-hmm. so um, I guess South Mountain. I guess you can't ride there anymore, right? I mean, you're not supposed to, but there are a lot of rogue mountain bikers mm. on the trails. Yeah, it was legal. It was legal when I went there. So, uh, but you know, then it became illegal and it was crazy, but going up to Ringwood and, Mm. um, you know, that was a great place and, um, you know, all sorts of other places, uh, Mohunk go up there and a bunch of other places that now I go to all those places, uh, go trail running there. So, um, so I became basically a, I was a roadie, like, um, you know, running the five K's, trying to get faster and did those and, you know, signed up for uh, New York marathon, like 2003, uh-huh. uh, you know, which was just like, I thought about that every day when I woke up, I thought about that. I didn't m- want to miss a run from my, the, the program that I downloaded from, uh, from their website, you know, and uh, I was just like obsessed by it, you know, yeah. by the training, the whole thing. And um went out and ran New York in 2003. That was the year P Diddy ran the city and, uh, and, uh, he beat me. (laughs) So (laughs) I was, and I was really, I was really set on breaking four hours for my first marathon. I knew that that's what I needed to do and that's what I wanted to do. And that's what I was going to do. Uh And and I didn't do it. (laughs) So, um, well, you know, it's it it kind (laughs) of happens, you know? So, um, but I, you know, after that, I felt like, um, you know, I just hit mile 19 and just, just fell on my face. It was horrible. You know, mm-hmm. I just hit the wall hard. Um, I had gone out too fast, of course, like, you know, it's like, like a lot of people do. So, right, right. you know, and then, um, uh, ran Philly a couple, you know, ran Philly a couple weeks later and ran a huge negative split, got it under four and it was like victory. So I felt really good. Um, and then just really, uh, at that point forward, I was in love with the marathon. So, um, I would run fast five K's and try to work, you know, relatively fast, you know, as I was interested in, in speed at that point. Uh, but I wasn't willing to, I was always, I wasn't like the thinnest person out there. So, 
Um, it doesn't lend itself too much to, you know, if you're racing against guys who are 140 pounds and hundred and, you know, or, or less than that, I was like a hundred and I think at my lowest racing weight, I was probably like in the low one sixties. So, um, most of the time, you know, and that was years ago. So, um, I've been above that. So, uh, but focused on the marathon after that and, um, just started to, uh, chip away at that, you know, uh, having fun with it. So, um, did that for a couple of years, started, um, you know, to get into Boston and, uh, finally did that. And then, you know, worked on that. And I just loved that race and, uh, went back again and again. Um, and then, uh, 2013, I was like, um, crossed the finish line. And I was like, yeah, I think I've done it now four times or four or five times. And I'm kind of done, you know, it's been good. It's been a lot of fun, but you know, I've, it's kind of like the same journey and it's, it's great. I got to do, I, I'm not the kind of person who likes to do the same thing over and over and over again. Um, but then the bomb went off. Right. So we got back, I was there with Hartford track club. We got back to our hotel room in back Bay, uh, which we all got every year. And then, um, uh, the bomb went off and, uh, um, you know, that was pretty, um, it, it, it was shocking. You know, it yeah. was really shocking when all that happened. So I figured, you know what, there's no way um, that, uh, you know, another side story is I was at 9-11, I was downtown, I was about three blocks wow. from uh, the Trade Center. So um, coincidentally, I was three blocks from the um, Boston Marathon finish line. So that's wild. Yeah. So, um, so my first instinct was there's no way I'm not running next year. You know, I'm, I'm definitely going to run this. I'm not stopping and leaving it like this, you know? So, um, I ran it again in 14 and then I think, um, 15, I think I was injured and it was hot or something like that. And, uh, I ran it in 16 and then, then I was like, you know, somewhere along there, I think it was probably, and this story is all over the place, but I think like around 2008 or so I started running, um, I ran Bimbler's Bluff uh, 50K in Guilford, which uh, that's one of the older, I guess, I think it was the first year of the race there, but um, there weren't a lot of 50Ks at this, at this point around. So uh, are we at the point in the timeline where you transitioned to your plaid shirt for running? uh, No, no. (laughs) Not not yet. We haven't reached that point. We haven't reached that point. So okay. I'm trying to figure out, I think I, get, I got that from, uh, I just kind of picked that up in the White Mountains somehow, you know? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Up in the White Mountains, it just seemed like the appropriate thing to do, you know? Yeah. Um, it's kind of your MO now, right? It is. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I like to wear a button, you know, um, a bunch of friends, you know, I had a group of friends where we used to every once in a while, just like spring Hawaiian shirts and yeah. do that. Cause you think about it there, most of those are polyester or something like that anyway, Right. And having a button up shirt is just a, it's nice. You can kind of open it. Um, yeah, it's, it's a little festive and, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it's great. Columbia makes, you know, and now all the companies make them. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, yeah, I, I love a, I love a button up, uh, plaid shirt, you know, so, <laughs> um, so that works. Um, so yeah, so then I, I got into, um, one other thing I should mention in 2004, I, 
I tripped and I broke my shoulder. So, um, which serious accident, I tripped on a hubcap ring. Um, and, uh, yeah, just a devastating, uh, injury. I still feel it a lot today. So, and, um, that, uh, made me a little fearful of being on that, that kind of, it's weird, even though that happened on the roads, I figured if I was, if that kind of stuff happened on the roads, if you go on the trails, I was afraid of kind of re of falling and re injuring that. You right. Know? Right. Cause I had dislocated it and then it snapped back in the socket and, and shattered the socket, you know, the glenoid mm-hmm. socket. And I just didn't want any part of that. Like I thought like the idea of running in the trails, um, you're just going to fall all the time. And it's going to be like, you're going to be on the ground more than you're going to be upright. And right which is just not the truth, you know, I, I, for me, at least I don't, I mean, I don't fall that often, you know? So, um, but, uh, so I ran Bimbler's bluff, uh, 50 K and that was like, um, you know, cause at this point you have to think that I've run, you know, at that point I'd probably run 30 marathons. I had run five K's until I blacked out. Like I stopped running five K's because, I was pushing so hard at the end that like, I wouldn't remember the last 10th of a mile. And then I would just kind of come to at the finish line with my hand over my mouth, making weird noises. You know, <laughs> So I was like, Sorry. yeah. So it was like, I felt like I had pushed myself as hard as I wanted to um, yeah. without like changing my diet. <laughs> and so, you know, I was really looking for something new. I, I needed something different. And I went and I did this, um, I did that 50 K and it was like, I felt like I was an English major who had just discovered, um, an, un, you know, who had just discovered a new, uh, portfolio, you know, a portfolio of Shakespeare. I, it was Amazing. just finding the, finding the trails for me was such a beautiful thing because it, it brought me full loop. And I was like, oh my God, this is like being a way we onda this, you know, this is like, this is like mountain biking again. Right. This is like hiking as a kid up in, on the rocks and playing and jumping in the mud and, and doing all this stuff. Yeah. And it was just like, I just couldn't believe how great it was, you know? Um, so I don't know. And then, then it just, um, you know, that, so that's how I got into it. And then, you know, and then it's just like, like everybody who's listening, right? I mean, you know, that's just the little different part. And now, you know, I, I just hit this and then, you know, love, love the trails and, and run every possible place I can. You know, I love running new places. That's like my thing. So, um, you know, I, I work to do that. I, I do repeat races here and there, but uh, for the most part, I like to just go out on new trails. I mean, I have the trails around my house that I love, but, you know, and I have to run there by convenience, uh, but there's other, um, you know, I made it a point to systematically um, run every street in my town. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, there's a place um, for anybody who's listening, there's uh, a, an app called City Strides. Mm-hmm. So uh, they will, you know, that's a great way to run your town. They'll give you a list of every street in your town and then you can check them off. It automatically checks them off for you. Um, so it's a great thing. Um, I use that to, uh, the life map on that. It's just like the Strava heat map, except it's, yeah, it's really cool. Yeah. Right. You've done that. Yeah. I've seen it. Yeah. I'm, I'm not much of a roadie, but, um, mm-hmm. I, I have friends who are really, really into it. Yeah. 
Um, so Connecticut has a um, something called the uh, Blue Blaze Trail System uh, that Connecticut Forest and Parks um, has uh, or maintains. And that's about um, uh, 850 miles or so of uh, trails uh -huh. that are all these blue blazes and um, they're all over the state. And um, I made it a goal to go out and run all those, you know, just awesome. to go out and do that. And the way I did it was with city strides actually, because okay. that life map, although it wouldn't click them off, it was great because I could see, you know, where some of these trails, you could run them all uh, completely, but some of them are, you know, the Metacomet was 60 miles, um, you know, and, you know, Matabese, it's 60 miles and, mm -hmm. You know, and, and you put them all together and there's, you know, there's some, there's some ones that are tough to do. Um, so a lot of these you're doing, you know, I did these kind of as a recovery thing. Um, but just I uh, use City Strides just to track my progress there. So yeah. it was a great tool and a great way to get to know the state and, um, you know, um, just a, a great thing to do to explore stuff. You know, so um I don't know that I, I did that. And then, you know what, I, I, I race here and there and, um, you know, kind of just have fun with it. You know, the, um, I don't know, I guess like, I'm also, I, I kind of also started looking into more like adventure stuff, mm -hmm. um, just like runs that are just, um, you know, a little bit different that we, you, you come up with, you know, that you and your jackass friends can come up with, you know, run ventures, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I guess like, I guess the last one we did was we did something called it, what we call a training run. Okay. So we, um, we drove to Hartford uh -huh. and then parked our car there. And the, the plan was to take a train to uh, Springfield, mm. um, and then to run back. So, um, we missed the train. So we, um, changed <laughs> our plans and we ran to Springfield and then took the train back from there. So, Okay. Um, so that's something I've been trying now is a training run. Um, and, that's awesome. uh, that sounds like the, uh, the Lenape trail run around here where you do the same thing point to point. You, you take the train from uh, Milburn to Newark and then run oh. Lenape trail back. It's like 36 miles through parks and roads and uh, trails. Wow. I got to yeah. check that out. Oh, it's, it'd be all your old stopping grounds. Sorry. You would yeah. Love it. Huh. yeah. There's usually a fat ass race, um, just, just a really laid back fat ass the first weekend of March. Um, hmm. Runners will meet uh, in Milburn, take the train to Newark, and then everyone, it's, you know, self-supported. And But it's it's so fun because it's all the, you know, probably like your training run, you pass stores yes. so you can just pick up whatever you need. Yeah. 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 That's, I love doing that. Um, now I even have, uh, I have, I can pay with my watch now. So it's even, Oh yeah. It's even a little easier, you know, <laughs> That's with, right. the, with the Phoenix, I can, you know, you can do that. So um, yeah. So I don't know. I I've just been doing a bunch of stuff like that. You know, um, um, you mentioned the cut one twelve. I think I want to, if it's all right, I'd like to tell you a little bit about that. Yeah. So, let's, let's chat about it. Yeah. So we were, I was looking at a bunch of um, FEK, uh, FEKs. That's like a work term. F FKTs <laughs> out there. Yeah. So, and I'm not that fast. Okay. So like newsflash, right. So, um, uh, so, but a lot of these, like I, I sometimes I'm like, I, I see these routes and they just kind of jump out at you and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So, um, 
I, I kind of, I guess like after I did my first, I, let me, I'm kind of jumping all over the place, but um, there was, uh, we went to, uh, I'm actually wearing this shirt here, the, uh, the one oh, yeah, day, yeah. Uh-huh. We went to the one day over at the fair uh-huh. and um, I ran, you know, I did a 24 hour race there. And um, of course, you know, after I did, after I got over a hundred miles, it was like, um, now I'm like, in, you know, I'm indignant. Why aren't there any hundred milers in Connecticut? You know, mm. <laughs> I came back and I'm like, you know, that's got to change. Like, you right. know, we need, why don't we have a hundred miler here? Right. And then I started thinking, Hey, is a hundred miles ever been, has anybody ever run a hundred miles in Connecticut? Has there ever been a race? And so I started searching all over the place and, um, uh, Ted Corbett actually did. So, um, they had a, uh, in Greenwich a long time ago, they had, a, um, I think it was a 24 hour race and he, you know, okay. among other people, he, he ran that, but that very few. So, um, I, I sent out an email to a whole bunch of race directors and, um, people in other people in Connecticut and said, um, you know, Hey, everybody else has, a, you know, there's other hundred milers around. Why don't we have our own hundred miler? And everybody's like, yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. And then as sometimes it happens, everybody's well-intentioned and nothing happens. Right. 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 <laughs> Which happened. I mean, that happens all over the world. Right. So, yeah. um, and then we kind of talked about it some more and then nothing happened. So um, then I bumped into uh, Jerry Turk, who was the race director of um, the uh, Bimbler's Bluff. I went back there and I think this was 2016. Okay. And um, I said to him, I said, Jerry, when are we going to do this hundred miler? You know, Jerry's done a ton of things. So where, when are we going to, we got to figure this out. And he goes, oh, I have the course. And he goes, oh, the New England Trail you know, and that's basically the, um, you know, the Metacomet trail, the Matabesit trail and the Manuncatuck. So it's, um, starts at the borderline of Massachusetts at, um, you know, rising, rising corners, uh, right. That there's a little notch in the top of the Connecticut Massachusetts line. That'll kind of tell you where it is. And then it basically shoots straight down the middle of the state, but takes like a big lightning bolt in the middle. And then, uh, continues and it runs all along the trap rock ridges. So it takes the toughest, some of the toughest trails in Connecticut and um, connects them from uh, the Massachusetts border all the way to the Long Island Sound. So -hmm. you're basically cutting right through the middle of the trail, uh, right, right through the middle of the state. And once I saw that, I was like, holy shit, because I didn't even, for some it, reason, it called I just, you. It called yeah, the Manuncatuck was basically a newer trail and the New England trail was, I think that was a trail that Obama uh, put together as a um, scenic national scenic trail, just like the AT is, mm-hmm. uh, but it's less, obviously lesser known than the AT. So um, I didn't quite even, you know, I hadn't really all put it, I hadn't put it together. So I said to Jerry, okay, let's organize this. And then we kind of went back and forth and then like, it like wasn't happening again. Right, right. So um, I do this run with uh, the um, the uh, Schnipset Striders, who is a bit, uh, I'm actually wearing a Schnipset Strider hat here. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so they're a, um, a big trail running club. They've been, they're probably the oldest trail running club in Connecticut. I'm going to just say that and make it fucking fact, but <laughs> I don't know if it's true, but allegedly, <laughs> um, and they're just, you know, wonderful people. And they have a, um, there's a trail called the Schnipset trail, 
that's 50 miles long. And uh, in 2008, a bunch of us ran it end to end. And every year since, um, a group has gotten together to run this trail end to end on the Saturday after Thanksgiving. So um, I got into a car and in the car was Sean Greeny, um, uh, Steve LeBranch, uh, Jordan, um, Jordan Grande, um, and, uh, and Jen was there. And, and, and so these guys are all like, so Steve's like, a, uh, he's done like a grand slam. Sean's living, like Sean is just like the picture of an ultra runner. Like he's run, uh, he, he ran, he did a negative split at Hard Rock uh, last year. Oh my um, just an amazing trail runner moved West, you know, and, and, uh, and I threw it out to these guys and I said, Hey, listen, there's this, I got to tell you this. Okay. There's this run that goes from the border, you know, border to border straight across. It, it goes, it cuts right through the middle of the state. We got to do this. And they're like, okay, yeah. If I, unless I get into Western States, then I'm in, you know, and wouldn't you know it, Steve got into Western States that year. Oh, shoot. And, and Sean was crewing for him, but Jordan didn't know anything about it. And she said, yeah, I'll, you know, I'll do this. Sure. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she had done, she had done, I think Vermont a couple of times. And so uh, we decided to, uh, to do this. So we just kind of all of a sudden threw it out on Facebook and said, um, you know, a week before we were going to do it and said, um, listen, we're doing this then you know, we're doing it on whatever it was, May 20th. Mm -hmm. um, we encourage you guys to come in and join us. Uh, you know, we'd love any support you could give us out on the trail. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, if you want to come jump in for a couple miles or more, that would be great. And we had uh, 21 people come out on the trail and join us. Amazing. Um, I love that. <laughs> yeah. Jay ran. And of course, the day that we're going to run this thing, instead of it being, um, you know, it's May, right? How bad could it be? It was, it was fucking horrible. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> oh my God. It was like the first day that was like the first day, I think was 88 degrees. And the next day was 90 something, you know, like oh. 93. And it was just like, it was just dog shit out. And, mm. um, you know, so, and I don't know, we had never done the whole, I had done the whole trail piecemeal, but you put it all together and it's just, it's really, it's a really, I, for, I call it a very tough trail. I can't compare it's gnarly. it to anything else. It's gnarly, yeah. right? Yeah. It is. It is. Yeah. There's parts of it that are, I mean, most of it is, is pretty tough. There's some runnable sections, but those are, you know, notable because of that. So, um, so we, we did this thing, you know, Jordan and I went and ran it and uh, friend Jay ran 60 miles of it with us and other guys jumped in for 40 miles. Um, you know, we had a whole bunch of people, you know, joined and did this thing and it was mm -hmm. it was really cool um and uh we called it the uh, connecticut ultra traverse mm. um or the cut uh you know the the cut 112 so it was 112 miles um and we ran this and it took us like forever <laughs> so it was the only like it was the only day that you know it was the only time i had ever like woke up run all day then run all night, then run all the next day and then into the next night <laughs> Yeah. and finished like, yeah. So we had like two, we had to run basically, you know, two days and two nights, it seemed, you know, mm -hmm. and, um, but it was great. And that was 2017. And um, it was, it was so bad that it was like, um, 
I needed, I needed like therapy afterwards. It was just, <laughs> I felt so abused and everything. It was just, yeah, yeah. oh my God. I think it took us, I think it took us 40 hours, something like that, a little over 40 hours to do this. Um, and we decided to do it again next year. Obviously, so, that was yeah. a logical choice. <laughs> That's right. So the next year we did it as a uh, fundraiser for Connecticut Forest and Parks. Mm-hmm. And it's um, um, not even like, it's not really a race. It's more of a, um, because I can't get permits for it because there's like too much. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, there's just like, I don't even know who you would talk to because there's so many yeah. different landowners and so many right. different things. And by the time you're gone, it's like you're through there before it's, you know, for the whole thing. So, mm-hmm. um, so it's, so it's, it's we, like fat ass self-supported now, right? It is. Yeah. Yeah. So I give everybody, um, basic, uh, you know, spreadsheets on where things are. Um, I, I keep an eye on people a little bit, you know, um, you know, not uh, allegedly I do. So they're responsible for their own safety. They're responsible right. for their own, you know, having their own crew mm-hmm. um, and stuff like that. We provide crew, we'll, we'll crew um, or provide some aid in some areas where you, we know that we can't have people. Mm-hmm. Like there's some residential neighborhoods where you can't just show up at, you know, at 1130 or midnight and like all of a sudden, you know, have like a disco ball out there. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you can't do that stuff. <laughs> So we do that. And, and so I guess the next year, um, next year, I think we had uh, 19 people sign up um, and I had everybody write a resume uh, to, to sign up because I didn't want like people who were not up to the task to join in. And right. um, it's, it uh, had more than a 50% uh, DNF rate. So um, it just, and it has every year, except for last year was the first year we had more finishers than non-finishers. Last year, I don't know what happened. Everybody just kicked ass at this thing. And um, I think the weather helped a little bit, but you know, it was still, um, you know, it it was great. So we've had it every year, 2020, we had it individually, you know, people kind of just did their own thing, but now it's a, um, you know, now it's a fundraiser for um, Connecticut, unofficial yeah, unofficial fundraiser. So um, I would love to get up there for that. So it's a, it's a hundred, 12 miles mm-hmm. and then uh i mean new england trails technical rocky rugged yeah how much climbing is it do you know what this yeah it's it's around miles? 17 around seventeen thousand. yeah um which is deceiving because the only part like what happens is that you get most of that in the first hundred miles and then the last 17 is just um haunted <laughs> okay <laughs> So it beats the shit out of you on the hills. And then you hit this place called the Manunkatuck trail. And then that you go on and it's just like, it's like the dead marsh. There's just like, um, I mean, it's beautiful, but it's just, once you hit that, it, uh, I don't know the, the, there's bridges over streams and then you go over another bridge and you're like, I thought I was just here. And then there's, you know, just everything screws you up and it's, it's definitely pretty haunted there. But you finish dipping your toes in the Long Island Sound, you know. That's incredible. Yeah. And it's, it's usually in, in May, right? Yeah, it's on trail. We have it on trail days. Okay. So it's the, um, it's the I'm sorry, it's in June. It's the first week of oh, June. Oh, the first weekend in June then? Yeah, National yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. We started now on a Friday. Oh, 
sounds incredible. That's that's my that's my speed. I love all the the self supported stupid mountain stuff. You know. Oh yeah, yeah. This is um, <laughs> this is a it's a great challenge. You know, it's it's a great it's it's a bunch of fun. You know, um, doing that. And so, I guess to kind of continue your earlier uh. So you ask one question and you get like three hours of content out of me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's all right. I haven't, I don't have a bell to ring, but. Yeah. Ring. Yeah. And and that's where, so uh, Jordan, who ran that, um, we kind of had like a group um, that started running together, like five of us. Uh-huh. So it was Jordan, Stacy, uh, Stacy Clark, Brian Rocapriori and uh, Joe Lasky. Um. And, um, and I don't know, there was, when the five of us got together, cause we would go, I'm not one for big trail, um, uh, like group runs so much, okay. I, not that I don't go to them, but when I do, I'm much more of a, um, you know, talking to one or two people at a time, like, right. I mean, besides having a podcast and, and all that shit, but it's a much more of a connect with one or two people, you know, that's, right. Right. that's what I like to do, you know? And so a group of five for me works really well. Like, I don't like the standing around waiting to go and, and then not being able to go somewhere because the rest of the group isn't going to go that way. And then I'm going to leave this person and that's all fine and good. And I understand it's absolutely necessary, but like, I much rather have like my own little, my own little crew, right. My own little culture crew. So, um, we were doing this and we're, you know, we're going on these like, I don't know, 20 mile, 30 mile runs where there's river crossings, the five of us were going and just doing all this crazy shit, you know, and having so much fun. And then we're like, you know, fuck, I wish I could just quit my job and do this all the time, (laughs) (laughs) you know? Yeah. And, And we're all like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, so then I don't know, somehow, um, we said, we're kind of like our own little cult here, you know, like an ultra cult, you know? And, and that's kind of how culture came about. It's like the cult of ultra culture, yes. you know? So yes. um, we were our own little group and we didn't tell anybody about the existence of our group even, <laughs> um, you know, and that was, that was part of it. It was like fight club, you know, you couldn't tell anybody that you belong. <laughs> yeah. And it was just, we, you know, it's just kind of um, doing our own, doing our own crazy shit together and, and having fun with it, you know? And that was, uh, that was the original culture before it was a, uh, before it was a podcast, you know, but it's really expanded into a, a neat community that you guys have going on. Yeah, it is. Now it's, it's changed. Um, you know, the, the players have changed now, Jordan, um, Jordan's just, she's a, a great runner. She went and, um, uh, one time after, I think it was probably 2018, um, she went and ran Vermont, I think, um, and she got eighth place there, you know, so she did, she did very well there. Um, and, uh, she ended up, uh, she's a JAG now for, um, you know, for the, uh, Air Force and is wow. in Arizona. So she moved away. Uh-huh. Then, uh, Stacy Clark, uh, moved to Colorado. So she moved away. Mm. And then, um, you know, this was before COVID. So we used to record in, uh, the belly of the beast coast, uh, Glastonbury, Connecticut. Perfect. And it was a bit of a drive for the other people. So it was a little, it started to get a little bit, you know, 
you know, for everybody to drive that far every week, it got to be, you know, just different things came up in life. And, um, you know, we, uh, at that point I had guests on, I think pretty early on, actually, probably episode 13, 14 had, uh, uh Becky Burke. Join yeah. Us. So, Becky. Yeah. Evil Becky Burke. Um, evil she joined. Becky. <laughs> yeah. And, and she is anything but evil, but right. she's just, she's right. just a great runner. She and I, um, we ran a, uh, a 10 hour race. I had never met her, but she and I were duking it out at a 10 at a, um, the spring fling or the fall fling. What is it? The fall fling spring fling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a, uh, you know, we were just duking it out for the, for the lead mm-hmm. and, um, that's how we met. So, okay. um, it, it was the only race I ever really won. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, and, and so we got to be, you know, we got to know each other from that. And she ended up running the cut one year, uh, the next year. And then, um, uh, so I had her on as, as a guest on the podcast and I could just see that she was just like, she's just so awkwardly funny that it's just, <laughs> she just like asks the questions that just put you right at disease. And it just, um, and, and also I, you need in a podcast host. Oh my God. She's so great. Yeah. Yeah. And no, she's, she's just such a sweetheart. She's, um, yeah. she asks actually very good questions to the guests. Um, and then um, Jimmy Mack and Jimmy, yeah. I had met through Twitter and through uh, the FKT website. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I had met him through there and then met him at Bimbler's and I think, I forget when I saw him or at, oh, I, I don't know, maybe Trap Rock or one of those races there and uh, met Jimmy Mack. And he is just like, Jimmy is just like full on. He is, um, yeah. he is just a wonderful human being. So I, I, I don't know what to say. Uh, Jimmy's got so much energy. He is, um, he makes, he is like a, um, like a multiplier for us. We're, you know, the rest of us have a good time and can put on a good show and have a lot of laughs, but God, if you put Jimmy in there, he likes, he makes everybody else so much. He he makes us all look like rock stars. He is just like, it's really true. I've, you know, Jimmy came out to the, the backyard squatch we had in, uh, the summer where mm-hmm. is, you know, backyard ultra and, you know, the saying like somebody, they walk, they, they can light up a room, right? Yeah. Like Jimmy can light up the trail. That's, that's oh, how yeah. I describe him. Like he, I think he probably talked to every single runner who was in the race. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was there long enough. He ran over a hundred miles. So he probably ran a lap with everybody in the race. Yes. Uh, but uh, he, he is a riot and just such a great, great person and uh, hilarious with, the uh caffeine intake i mean he he must have consumed an unsafe amount of caffeine yes. on the overnight portion when and i was he, talking to him after his race his eyes were so dilated it was it was unbelievable gotcha yeah he is jimmy is um he is he is a, a wonderful and he's you know what he's also the guy who knows about the overall running community he does he's um, got a like, pulse on it you know oh my god yeah i just don't have um i just I, as much as I'd love to keep up on everything, like I have like a full-time job and I have like a, like a family and I, I just, and, and he does too, but he's like able to pick it up or something. I don't know how the, how he does it, but yeah, he keeps us relevant, you know, like, otherwise I was like, Oh, Western States was this weekend. You know, <laughs> I'm like, kind of <laughs> like, 
you know, I'm just like worried about my little run and then like who my guest is going to be this week. And then, you know, and then moving on, you know, so right. uh, Jimmy does that. And then, um, uh, then uh, the last guy that we got on is um, Fred Marolo. Now, Fred uh, has, Fred's been uh, running for a long time. And I mean that like a really long time. Fred uh-huh. started, um, Fred had a um, over 14,000 day uh, running streak. Wow. So he was um, the top runner. Uh, you know, we, I think he was, boy, I think maybe he was top 20. I don't know. It's somebody sue me for this, but I think he's <laughs> top 20 in the, um, you know, in the overall streak list. Mm. Um, it, and, you know, just had, had run every day uh, was as is an author uh, you know, wrote his own book about running and then, um, and, and is just somebody who brings a wealth of experience to multi-day races and to, uh, you know, just like pure, like grit and, um, and getting it done, like waking up and getting it done. Um, he ended up, uh, his ending, his running streak ended, um, due to COVID, um, I think that's when my interview was because he wasn't on the the Zoom when we all talked. Yes. Yep. Yep. Um, but he's back at it now. So um, he's, okay. um, you know, back running and, um, you know, just to kind of put it in perspective. So I did a, we did a kind of a fat ass, uh, something called the QT 104. Um, Bill Odendall, a dumbass friend of mine, uh, put on a race, uh, you know, just showing up in, um, I guess out in Trumbull, Connecticut. And it was basically a two and a half mile rail trail okay. uh, out and then back. And you do it like Sounds 19 awful. times. That's so dumb. And, oh, it is, but it's, it's, <laughs> I have to say it's the most beautiful rail trail you've ever seen. Okay. So it's, it's gorgeous. And okay. there's a lot of other people running there. So it's kind of hopping and, you know, it was just great. And it was the, it was, of course it was like 95 degrees that day. Ugh. And, and like, I kind of, I'm running and like, I'm, there's always drama in these things for me and I'm kind of finishing and I'm looking at my watch and now my watch, it's called the QT 104. So it's a 104 mile race. I'm looking at my watch and I'm coming up and my watch is saying that it's 104 miles. So I'm like, yep, I'm done. Done. <laughs> Shut it down. <laughs> I'm done. I got my 104 miles. And the fact of the matter is that I was a lap short Oh, and, but I kind of allowed myself to like, uh, to tell myself that it was over. Like I kind of like let myself convince it. And I had, in some sense, I had run in some world, I had run 104 miles. It wasn't a certified course or anything. So right. <laughs> I, at that point I was going with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jimmy had his car parked further away from the end of it. So he ran some extra miles getting to his car. So then he kind of added those in and then did an out and back on a section on his last thing and finished his 104. And Fred would have none of that. Now, Fred was running slower (laughs) than we were. And um, Fred decided that, you know what? This is 19 laps. I'm doing 19 laps, guys. And you can all go home you know, cause it's the next day you can all go home. You can do whatever you want, but I'll be out here. I'm going to keep moving. So, um, he taught me a lot. I ended up 
the next day after I got home and woke up and then like really realized what I had done, I went back to the course and ran another lap. Um, oh man. You know, just to get that, <laughs> just, just to get that. But um, yeah, Fred, so Fred's got like um, the mental integrity, like nobody I've ever met. Like he's mm. just like as, as tough as they come with that stuff. So um, so that's our, that's our culture crew. You know, it's Jimmy, uh, Fred, Becky, and myself, and we, we get together weekly. Um, now we've been together now, the podcast has been going about three years. Um, and I think that um, the four of us have been doing this for, I, I don't know exactly how long that is, but it's roughly, roughly probably two of the three years, I would say. And um, you guys we just, have a lot of fun. You got a lot of fun going on. We do. We're not about anything else. Like we could, you know, I get calls from people who want to sponsor and, um, you know, products. And I'm just like, you know, I just, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, I, I, I absolutely hundred percent get it. And a lot of times you find products that, you know, a lot of people like to support, but I can't, I I'm sick and tired of hearing podcasts go on and on about, oh, our good friends over it, you know, at, at, asbestos running short company, you yeah. know, how fucking great are we? You know, these, these are the best things I've ever tried. You know, I never burn my, you know, uh, I'm with burn. you. We we've done a lot of, uh, we do fake ads on our podcast. Yes. That's good. Make up stuff like, you know? Yeah. So we, I don't know, we have a, we just have a lot of, we have so much fun with it. Um, and that's, that's what it's about. Cause I can look at it and I can say, okay. Um, you know, ginger runner. I'm never going to be a ginger runner. I'm never going to be a trail runner nation. Um, right. I'm never going to be, you know, I, I take a lot of flack from 10 junk miles because we, um, you know, I, I was partially inspired by them, but mm. more inspired actually by um, DFL ultra running. They okay. were out of um, New Hampshire a long time ago. Um, um, and uh, it, because they just put on a show that was just like, bunch of friends sitting around talking about their running, uh, having a good time and then getting into the details that really stuff that was, oh my God, nobody cared about except for like runners, really <laughs> most normal people wouldn't care about, you know? Right. Right. So, but as a runner, you know, somebody talking about what it's like to run ghost train, you know, mm -hmm. in New Hampshire and what it's like, uh, really what it's like to run that, you know, and, and what your strategy was for that. And that's a race I've run. So now, I can really identify with that. It's not somebody out West talking about, you know, some race, which I'm sure is great and everything, but it's, it's closer to home, you know, people talking about, you know, and, and that's, that's kind of what we, we like to do is to focus on the Northeast. You know, Jimmy was from Philly and, you know, we've all run, you know, I seek out different places to run around here. Um, you know, Connecticut, I've just, I've mined the shit out of those trails and, <laughs> You know, um, love going to Ringwood and, you know, getting into New Jersey whenever I can, um, you know, going to the, um, you know, I'm working on, uh, you know, getting up into the White Mountains more and, and stuff like that. Um, so many good places to run around here. And, um, you know, I love talking to people about that and, uh, you know, everybody who's kind of on their journey and doing stuff. And it's a great, like you said, it's a great it's a wonderful community of, um, you know, our listeners, we have Patreons, which we, 
Um, we read the name of every Patreon at every episode. Yes, you do. <laughs> Which, and as you know, we just have so much. It's it's our favorite part of the show. And it, um, I don't know if people, it, I, I think some people love it and probably some people don't like it, but um, we just, we just abuse the shit out of them, you know? <laughs> Um, and as part of that, you know, we've, um, you know, we, cause I can't pronounce people's names. How are you going to do that? Mm. You know? Right. So I just, whatever seems wrong, that's how I say it, you know? <laughs> and we've named so many different, you know, so many different people have gotten their trail names from our Patreon list, mm. you know? Uh-huh. Um, and we just, you know, we have a lot of fun with it. So. Yeah, it's awesome. I, I think you do a good job of, of really, you kind of capture the spirit of um, like the grassroots local trail races. And I think that's reflected in the podcast, which is fun. You know, we're the mm. same way. This isn't, you know, Sasquatch. It's not going to ever be all those lists, you know, those names you listed too. But, you know, it's fun to connect with other local runners and, and just be able to call up a friend and be like, Hey, you want to come on the podcast and talk with us? And, you know, and yeah, then their yeah. friend, and their friends, you know, they watch and they ask goofy questions and stuff. And it's, it's a really good time. So I, I love what you guys are doing and it's fun. I'm so glad that we connected over the last couple of years and uh, we just got to get you out this squash race. Squash race. That's all. Yes. We keep talking about it. Like um, I know that, um, you know, yeah, we, we definitely want to, I, I want to get out there. I know Jimmy did one. I want to get Becky out there and, uh, and Fred. So Becky won the, the last race she came to. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. See, she ain't playing. <laughs> so, titles to defend. <laughs> okay. All right. That's, that's uh, awesome. Shoot. But this, this has been awesome art. Thank you so much for coming on this, the Squatch cast here. That's my pleasure. I'm sorry that I, I like, you really, you literally asked me like one question and I like blew it up. So <laughs> I think I, I had two. I had two. We got through you, two. You I might have, you know, story and the, and the, uh, the culture podcast. So we cover that and like, an hour and 20 minutes. There Crush you go. <laughs> yeah. Well, I Kim, I got to say what you're doing in Jersey is wonderful. You know what I'm the, the spirit of that. I think it makes it, um, you know, a lot of people, a lot of sports, I think go wrong, you know, because they like uh, take, I used to go windsurfing a lot. Right. Mm. And um, that started out as a really chill sport. You know, it was these big, long boards and these big triangle sails that were nothing fancy. And you just go out there and you kind of put a cooler on the front of your board and you go out there and you maybe take mm-hmm. your date out on the, out on the board. Right. And you have a good time and it was approachable. Everybody could do it. And then it all of a sudden got into this high speed, you know, Hey, let's go. And, you know, let's go. If you're not jumping waves in a hurricane, you're not doing the sport. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it's important that, um, trail running remain open to people so that you don't have to feel like you're the biggest badass in the world to go out there. And you can be, that's fine, you know, mm-hmm. but you don't have to do all that crazy stuff. You know, you can, or you, you know, it can be, it can be about like, I'm going to walk up these, I'm going to walk up the hills. I might even walk some of the downhills. Yeah. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to like stop and take a picture with my friends and yeah. uh, I'm going to stop and smell the roses and eat the mushrooms, you know? So <laughs> So I think you bring a lot of, um, you know, you bring a lot of people who would be otherwise intimidated by the trails and, and get mm-hmm. them out there so that, um, and as you know, once you get them into the woods, it's, you know, it, it's game over. Like it's already done, sure. you know? It's, I, I love talking with people after a race who, you know, they said, 
this is my first trail race. I didn't know what to expect. And I loved it. I didn't know that you could walk during a race. A lot of, so many people say that. Um, I had an email the other day before our last race. A guy wanted to know, he said, uh, hey, I'm coming to do the race. I've never done a trail race. Is it okay if I walk some of it? And I, I wrote back in all capitals. <laughs> like, yes, it's okay. <laughs> Pace does not matter. That's like one of the, the biggest messages I preach is like, pace does not matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Jimmy, Jimmy always says that we're into finishing lines, not finishing Mm -hmm. times. That's it. um, There's, and you know what though there is, but the beauty is, is that you can run side by side. Right. And and if you want to, you want to run fast, that's, that's cool too. You know, it's Mm -hmm. cool to bomb a trail as fast as you can and to, you know, to gut gut it out, going up a hill and to, you know, and and to get it done. And there's, you know, there's a place for that. And, it's funny that most of the people who do that aren't douchey in our sport, you know, I know. They're, they're Isn't still that the very best? approachable is I yeah. could count on one hand in the last five years, the amount of not great people. And I probably even wouldn't use all my fingers, you know, five yep. years of trail races. It's, it's incredible. It's, it's really a testament to the community of just, it's good, good people. I hear that all the time too. New runners will say like, everyone was so nice. They mm. were so encouraging. I was walking by myself and then somebody came and talked to me. And, you know, at first I was like, why are you talking to me? And then we got, you know, yes. we started running together. And I love that. I love that part of the trail running community. Yeah, it is. Um, even like, uh, you know, even to the elite level, I mean, they, yeah. you know, they tend to be a nice group, like um, met Mike Wardian, right. And mm. at, at a race and I was presenting him with this, um, it was at the Hartford marathon. I was giving them an award for, um, like the RCA, uh, um, state championship award. Okay. Okay. But now he had just won the marathon. Okay. And that was a much bigger deal than, you know, most, honestly, most people didn't even know that it was the state championship of the RCA at that time. Right. But I gave it to Mike. He almost jumped out of his skin. He was like, yeah. Oh yeah. This is great. (laughs) Thank you. You know, isn't that the best? (laughs) It is. He was like a little kid. You would have thought like I was giving him like free ice cream unexpectedly. Yeah. (laughs) There's some really cool people and, uh, and you're definitely one of them, Kim. So uh, keep up with what you and your group do there. That's uh, that's really good stuff. I appreciate it. And right, right back to you guys. You know, I'm a big fan of you and, and what you're doing up there. So we got to keep, we got to keep these, uh, squatchy culture collaborations going. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We got to, maybe we got to, I don't know. We got to figure something out, maybe Ringwood or something like that. I know we should do a field a trip. Midpoint. Yeah. It'd be, be fun to get up to Connecticut. I feel like, uh, maybe a little underrated the Connecticut trails. They need some more exposure. Yeah. I'll you know? t- I'll- tell you what people you know because most of the time like as a in new york we used to say i had a comedian come in from new york once and he said you know I'm kind of looking out here and i just got to say this like being in connecticut here i i feel like i could kick all your asses right now you know <laughs> and i think that's kind of what people think but i got to tell you connecticut trails are um you know come on out man and and uh you know we have some trap rock here which will hmm. which will get you going it'll ring your bell so yeah, I got to get there. You know, I, I associate, and I, I'm sorry to say this, but I associate Connecticut with traffic. That's how I associate, mm. like you're driving through Connecticut to get to another yes. state. And you always hit traffic around the Hartford area. Mm-hmm. But um, no, I got I to gotta hit the trail scene up there. Yeah, yeah. Any Well, anybody feel free if you're ever uh, 
going to be in Connecticut, um, feel free to hit me up and I can give you some suggestions or, you know, uh, I don't know, talk your ear off for two hours. So yes, <laughs> yeah. well, that's, that's, I'm glad you said it. Cause that's how we usually wrap up the podcast is just how can people reach out to you? Like if you're on social or mm -hmm. website, whatever, um, tell, tell folks who are listening, how they can connect <laughs> you. Sure. Sure. So, um, uh, blue blaze runner, uh, on Twitter, um, is one way you can get a hold of me. Uh, another one is, um, you know, culture trail running podcast. If you just Google that and we'll pop up, you know, we're on Pandora and on, you know, Alexa play culture trail running. Yes. <laughs> um, you know, there's, there's a lot of ways you can find us. Um, the other thing you can do, I got to tell you, there's one last thing that we do is, uh, our, our thing called the culture karaoke line. So if you're ever running and you get a song stuck in your head, which happens to us all, right. Right. Um, you can call, we have a special phone line that you can call and you sing the song that's stuck in your head. And then we play those recordings on our show. Oh my goodness. Okay. So that helps get <laughs> the song. Amazing. Yeah. It helps get the song out of your head and it helps uh, entertain us. So it's and a win-win. What's the phone number for that? What do you got to do? I'm, I'm glad you asked. So <laughs> it's really, it's called the culture karaoke line. And it's easy to remember because it's like, the number is 203 dog gent, 203 okay. dog gent, like a gentleman dog. There it is. <laughs> I, I got to ask you, Kim, if you were to picture a gentleman dog, what do you think a gentleman dog would look like? What would a gentleman dog be wearing? I'm picturing bow tie, snazzy hat, maybe a button down. <laughs> there you go. Good, good. That's good. So you got that visual going there. So it's 203 dog gent. Like uh -huh. a gentleman dog. So um, that's, that's absolutely right. You know, if you call, that's always a good, you know, always a good time, you know, so. Um, Amazing. That's great, Kim. Well, thanks. Uh, you know, thanks again for having me on here and we'll uh, definitely have to get together. So. Awesome. Thank you. Art. I appreciate you coming on. Um, guys, thank you so much for listening. If you're watching on Facebook Live, we appreciate you uh, tuning in. And thank you for listening to the podcast. Like and subscribe. And you can find out more about us at uh, SasquatchTrailRunning.com. And Facebook, we're active, is Sasquatch Trail Running. And we're also on Instagram as Sasquatch Trail Runners. So that's all we got for tonight. Thank you again, Art. And thank you, uh, Kim. until we see you again, keep it squatchy. All right. See you in a mile and a half. <laughs> mile, mile and a half. <laughs> <laughs>